KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. Mike Hagan, you're listening to KOPN. It's Radio Orbit. It's just about uh, five minutes after 11 on the 22nd of May, 2006. We have uh, sort of a change of plans tonight, so I'll let you know a little bit about that when we come back from this wonderful introduction music. You may recognize it. The guy who wrote it is in the studio with me, actually, as a matter of fact, tonight, and uh, along with... Well, one, two other musicians. So uh, we're changing things up a little bit tonight. We'll tell you more in just a few minutes. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy this. This is Mike. Listen to Radio Orbit. Back in just a minute.
right, there you have it. Good evening. It's Mike. It's Radio Orbit, 22nd of May. And uh, good evening, good day, good morning to you, wherever you might be as you are listening to this radio broadcast. And it's good to be here. All right, so uh, let's get right to business and tell you what's going on tonight. We had planned on having Rian Eisler, the author, the wonderful author, of The Chalice and the Blade, among other books, and the main force behind uh, PartnershipWay.org. Anyway, Rian and I spoke yesterday, and it was really strange. We had a nice conversation for about a half an hour, and then the phone started to get all trippy on us. And we both sort of like were uh, saying, okay, well, I guess that's a sign that we should end our conversation. And we hung up uh, as the phone. We did, I didn't know if it was on my end or her end. And uh, anyway, that was last night. Well, anyway, all day today, she has had uh, tremendous difficulty with her telephone system uh, in her home. And we decided just a couple of hours ago that we would uh, rather not take a chance uh, that the phones weren't working because they were really all screwed up and we weren't able to have a conversation more than five or ten minutes without it being cut off or interrupted or dialed tones being heard behind it and all kinds of weird things. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, but perhaps fortunately, it's just in the cards tonight, we're going to do something differently. And Rian will be rescheduled uh, and will be appearing on the program on the 12th of June. So, not too long uh, to wait just a couple, three weeks from now, and we'll have Rian Eisler on the program as we had planned to do tonight, okay? All right, so that's uh, the deal. A uh, quick thank you to Debbie Johnson, wonderful stuff, Free Range Radio Theater, as always, an hour before this program. Earlier in the night, you got jazz plus blues equals soul. you got Kelvin and, uh, uh, and the doctor, Jason Kafer, going at things for a few hours before that. Then uh, you got tech radio, of course, in the early afternoon, between 3 and 5, Jeff Wheeler with Uncommon Light, who's in the studio with me right now, as a matter of fact, hanging out in the shadows, uh, along with a couple of other uh, friends here tonight. So, anyway, we've got uh, some other things planned, okay? Uh, thanks to Dr. Alan Goldstein, also, for an amazing show last week. I mean, my gosh, sheesh. The nanobiotechnology expansion. This is absolutely full-tilt sci-fi stuff you guys i mean it is it is just off the radar outrageous and i don't know what to make of it you know who knows what these these guys and girls are going to do with this stuff but it is absolutely outrageous and uh, uh they are now in the process of creating artificial synthetic biology simple as that life essentially and uh Interestingly, the the rub, I guess, is actually this. It's that the line between living and non-living materials is about to be erased. Uh, if you want the nutshell headline version of the show last week, that's what Dr. Goldstein told us. And if you want to hear it uh, in full affair, uh, get on the web and go to my archives page at MikeHagan.com. And you can listen to the whole program, download it or whatever, and share it with your friends. But uh, sit down while you're listening, because uh, he says some things that are stunning. And if you look at his credentials and uh, what he does for a living, you'll find out that he's not just writing about this stuff and talking about it, he actually does it. And uh, the stuff they're doing is outrageous. So for me, as I said, we talked for two hours with uh, Dr. Goldstein, but the whole thing came together in four words for me. We were talking about this breaking of the carbon barrier 
And uh, for those of you who missed the show, I'll sort of summarize here. Uh, carbon, on this planet at least, is the element that life is based upon. We have yet to find on this planet a life form that is not carbon-based. And uh, they've been looking for quite some time. So it appears that carbon is the primary or only uh, base for life on this planet. Well, Dr. Goldstein and company are talking about eliminating the carbon barrier, which basically means uh, bringing the qualities of life to materials outside of the carbon range. And then, you know, just use your imagination. Brendan and I were out earlier and we were talking about, you know, talking beer bottles, <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, I asked him as he was talking about this breaking of the carbon barrier. I said two words and he replied with two other words. I said, how long? He said, couple years. You know? So this is not 50 years down the road, people. This is not decades down the road. This stuff is on our doorstep. And what it means, again, I don't know. But it is happening. It's happening right now. I mean, you heard him on the air last last week. He was talking about, uh, you know, he's like, well, I, I built this one... Uh, life form. I called it Neosil, and uh, I was going to start a web page for it, and uh, it's only about 40 atoms big, but, you know, it has a certain intelligence, and, I mean, he's just talking about it off offhand, you know, as if it's just a goof, and uh, there are lots of other people that are doing the same thing. They don't even have language to describe what they're doing right now, but they are doing it, and he made that really clear that they're not going to stop doing it, and that the best thing that we can do is just to read about it, try to get informed, so we can somehow, I mean, if we can't, look, this stuff is, is, is the, you know, it's the, it's the freight train with no brakes on a dark, stormy night. <laughs> this is what's happening, and nobody really knows what's going on, but at least if you're, you know, at least if you consider the, the things that are, uh, you know, possible, you, you, you may be better to, uh, a position to deal with it when the, when the flash hits, so to speak. I don't know. But anyway, I find the whole thing just uh, interesting and exciting and sort of frightening at the same time. But Dr. Alan Goldstein last week, Wild Stuff, and uh, as I said, if you want to listen to it, it's on the web at MikeHagan.com. Just go to the archives page and um, you can listen to it, okay? All right, as I said tonight, we were going to have Rianne Eisler with us. Uh, she's uh, wrote a book nearly 20 years ago now that was called The Chalice and the Blade. And... Um, She's written many other things since then, and she's an absolutely fabulous woman, and she's been doing great, amazing work for many years, and um, relevant work. The Chalice and the Blade is as relevant today or more so than it was the day it was written. And Anyway, we spoke uh, just a short time ago, and we decided to reschedule because of the uh, telephone situation. We were just unable to get comfortable with the situation tonight. And so just a few weeks from now, we'll reschedule June 12th, Sort of a bummer, I know. Many of you were looking forward to uh, hearing Rian, but don't worry, it'll be here before you know it. And tonight we'll just sort of wing it. We'll open the phones, and um, if you get online on the web, the forum is sort of buzzing. There's some people in the live chat room over there. You guys can put questions up, and we'll try to uh, get interactive, try some experiments tonight. I'll even give the phone, since we're streaming tonight, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute, thanks to Cosmic Waves Radio, but um, we can open the phone line to people outside of the area uh, here. So if you're listening and you're somewhere wherever you are, and if you're willing to spend a dime or a few minutes on your cell phone uh, to give me a call later, 
and you're listening over the web, I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to find out where you were calling from and uh, how you heard about the show or whatever. So anyway, um, that number is area code 573-443-8255. That's 573-443-8255 if you want to call and get on the air. We're also in the midst of a pledge drive. We're trying to complete uh, a fundraiser that has been going on sort of silently for the last two or three weeks. And we're very close to our goal of $30,000. We've got about twenty-five or twenty-six grand raised already. So anybody who is uh, feeling generous tonight, uh, feel free also to give us a call and pledge your support for KOPN and for this program, Radio Orbit, uh, trying to bring you information that you don't hear in other places every week. And we also bring you wonderful independent music. And as I said, we've got a, l- a number of uh, those types with us in the studio tonight, and we're going to have a lot of great music as we uh, move on with the program, okay? So uh, the number, if you want to uh, give us a call and pledge, is 573-874-5676. Someone will answer the phone. Or you can do it on the web at kopn.org. And we'd love to to have your support and and, uh, recognize, please, all of you out there that are listening, that it's required in order for us to continue doing what we're doing. Okay, we'll talk more about that in the future here. Okay, uh, as I said, uh, get on the web. Okay, that's the best thing. MikeHagan.com, go on the chat page or on the forum, and we'll try to communicate with you guys. And if you want to call, uh, you're welcome to do that all night. I'm not going to even specify when we start taking calls. I'll just wait till the phone rings. And whoever wants to call can do that. 573-443-8255. In the meantime... Uh, we have some wonderful music lined up for the show tonight. There is a wonderful singer-songwriter, local regional uh, gentleman whose name is Michael Kane. And Michael is a guy that I ran into about a year ago or so, a year and a half ago, and I really liked his music. And we were going to have him uh, sort of fill in the blanks uh, while we spoke with Rian. And his music is perfectly suited to the conversation that her and I were going to have. So we're also going to have Michael come back uh, and do the show just as we planned on the 12th of June. But none of us knew that this thing was going to get uh, changed up until sort of late in the day. So Michael's actually here with me. Uh, My friend Brendan Angelitas, I mentioned it earlier, uh, right at the beginning of the program, you may uh, know him better as Eskimo. You've heard quite a bit of his music on the program as well. He's on his way from Connecticut to San Francisco, uh, making a big move. we got both those guys here. I'm going to turn their mics on, and I'm going to make it really uncomfortable for Mike because he's going to be beating his guitar around and stuff. So uh, it's cool that we – it's sort of uh, cool that, that, that things worked out the way they did because I wouldn't have been able to have sort of a casual fun night with these guys like we're going to do now. So anyway, Mike, uh, Hello. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. All right. Yeah, grab that mic. Brendan, do the same. Hello, hello. All right, check. All right. Excellent. So we have some music here. That The uh, the intro uh, song tonight was a song that's called Rain. I actually call it Rain 320 because uh, uh, that's what I thought it was called when Brendan sent it to me, but it's actually sort of a designation that he was using for, uh, I don't know, what was it, the, the date that you recorded it or uh, something? Bit ah, the bit rate. Uh, so uh, anyway... Uh, Brendan's here in the studio with me, and like I say, Brendan, you're uh, on your way from uh, Connecticut, moving to San Francisco. Yep, absolutely, driving out. Amazing. All right, and uh, he's been 
featured on the program before. I think we had, uh, I think Jay Widener maybe was one of the shows that we used your music on, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But anyway, Brendan's got some great stuff. You can find him on the web at eskmo.com, eskmo.com. And uh, the other gentleman I have in the studio here is Michael Kane. And uh, Michael can be found on the web at M-I-K-K-L-E-C-A-N-E.com. Sort of spelled Mikkel Kane, but M-I-K-K-L-E-C-A-N-E.com. And both those guys are on MySpace as well, I think, aren't you guys? Yeah, and uh, the Michael Kane site on MySpace is just spelled normal, Michael, M-S-C-H-A-E-L-C-A-N-E. All right, so it's MySpace.com slash Michael Kane. Correct. All right, and Eskimo, it's Michael, it's uh, MySpace.com slash Eskimo. Yep. E-S-K-M-O. Yep. All right, yeah, and uh, for me, it's MySpace slash Radio Orbit, I think. But do you have, is it Radio? It's Radio Orbit with only one O. Yeah. Yeah, they sort of share the O. It looked really stupid with two O's. <laughs> <laughs> and I had already bought... Uh, uh, radio Orbit instead of Orbit Radio. That, was, that had already been chosen. It's funny how how interesting it is when you just... People are like, well, how did you decide on Radio Orbit? I'm like, well, Orbit Radio was already taken. <laughs> it wasn't that much... Uh, uh, it works, though. Yeah, it works great. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, Michael, I'm sorry that we weren't able to have Rihanna. It was going to be awesome. But uh, in the meantime, we'll just chill. And uh, we'll talk about music with both of you guys. I'm glad to have a couple musicians in the studio with me. So why don't you play a song to chill us out for a minute here. And we'll come back and we'll talk with Michael Kane. We'll talk with Brendan Angelitas, a.k.a. Eskimo. And, um, well, we'll do the other stuff that we normally do, all right? And we'll read a lot of news tonight, talk about some things that are going on in the news, take some phone calls. I'll uh, During the break here, I'll get on the web and get on the chat page, see if anybody's there and wants uh, to participate with us tonight. But uh, regardless, it uh, should be a fun time. And get on the web or call me, all right? As I said, if you want to get on the air, the number is 573-443-8255. And on the web at MikeHagan.com. All right, you guys, this is Michael Kane, And uh, we'll let him do something for us. What do you got, Mike? Uh, this is a song. Um, it's called Under the Moon. I'm going to play this just because I know huh. you've kind of, you know, told me that you know you're kind of a little privy to the song so, so i thought i'd play it for you i like this song a lot in fact that that gives me good re- we'll do space weather after this song uh, <laughs> since we're gonna do under the moon all right this is michael kane it's a great tune it's called under the moon he plays it different every time i've heard it so i'm looking forward to hearing it tonight and uh, here it is Love 
Thank you. Wonderful stuff. I love that song. Appreciate it. I love that song. The uh, The first time I heard that, Casey Olianik is a guy who does a show here on Wednesday nights from 10 until midnight, Blues in the Night. But he's got a section in his show, right, that he calls uh, Open Mic Radio. Yeah. And uh, you came down here one night. I happened to be down here or whatever with him. 
and you played that, and he recorded the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, God, he's done some great stuff, actually, over the last year or so. He's recorded some great independent music live, just right here. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, we're gonna, you know, we're, we'll put a CD together one of these days of that stuff. I really think it's worth doing. Um, at any rate, that's the first time I've heard it. I've loved it ever since, and uh, so thank you. Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, so um, let's see. Let's talk about something else real quick here. Uh, thanks for the nice emails. Hello to everybody listening over the web, uh, live or otherwise. We are streaming live right now and every week now on Mondays via Cosmic Waves Radio. That's at www.cosmicwavesradio.com. Thanks to all the girls and guys over there for making it happen live on the net. And thanks also to Larry, the web wizard. Hello to all the new registered users at the site. Uh, The forum over there is starting to get some action. That's where you make community, actually. You know, you start these bulletin board forums. And if you can keep them under control and cool people, you know, start to post and chat and talk there, it's really amazing what comes out. It's amazing how how much uh, information is out there these days and how little we all know. We all think we have know so much, and we may, but there's so much to know that <laughs> no matter how much you know, you know nothing. No, you know? Uh, trust me, I know nothing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> well, you know how to play that guitar and sing pretty well. So, yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, uh, when you throw a whole bunch of people all collaborating together, it's just amazing what starts to, starts to filter out of that stuff, you know. Uh, and it's not all. Uh, Science and technology, there's art and music and all these things that we talk about. So, anyway, really cool stuff happening on the forum. And um, what else did I want to say here? Uh, oh, well, speaking of art and music, of course, every week I say it. If you hear the program and you're an artist, visual artist, uh, if you if you're a writer, if you're a poet, if you're a dancer, and you film it, if you are a videographer, um, if you're a musician, whatever you do, send us. Your art. We'll find something, uh, some place for it on the website. We'll feature the music during the program if it works, you know, uh, and uh, we'll try to find a way to incorporate it into the program. So uh, feel free. My uh, email address is um, available all over the web and on the website. Uh, it's orbitradio at aol.com. It's easy to get information and data to us uh, from the website at mikehagan.com. My webmaster's uh, information is there as well. He's great at getting all this stuff together. And um, he does an amazing job. If you haven't been to the website lately, that's not me. Uh, this is Larry Norager, the guy that's doing that. I mean, he's the, he's great and uh, uh, an amazing heart and uh, spirit that goes behind that whole thing. And he does it all out of the goodness of his whole heart. Uh, there's nothing uh, economic really going on with Orbit, quite frankly. I do the show here from KOPN. You heard us tonight begging for money. We're a community radio station. Uh, we have, I think, four employees here that actually get paid. None of them get paid very much, but there are some 75 different programmers that share the 24-7 uh, spaces that go through every week. And all of those people, including another probably 40 or 50 volunteers that aren't on the air that are just helping out with you know, all the different things that need to be done to keep us on the air... Well, you know, there's over a hundred volunteers easily uh, that don't make a dime, and I'm not, you know, trying to tout that or anything. I just want people to recognize that this is not an economic venture. This is a venture of uh, information sharing, uh, the sharing of art, and to find like-minded individuals that uh, that are looking, you know, to talk about the same sort of stuff. So that's what I do, 
And I do the same thing on the web. All the programs that I've ever done are available for free. You can go on the web. You can download them. You can listen to them. You can share them with your friends. And that's sort of the spirit of this whole thing. And I don't know how long we'll be able to do it. I hope I can do it forever. Um, it's interesting. It's sort of a double-edged sword. You know, the more popular you get, the more it costs you. Because there's this problem of bandwidth. <laughs> Brendan, you're familiar with that. Absolutely. Right. So... Um, to a certain point, it's no problem, but then once you get over this sort of threshold, it starts to get really expensive because you get, you know, you get more and more people that are trying to download the material, and then the, 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 the web host servers get crashed, and all kinds of things happen, and it starts to cost money. So anyway, as long as we can do it, we'll make it free, and um, uh, that's all I can say about that. But uh, I appreciate the support that we do get. And as far as the radio station goes, I could not do this ra- the, this program that I do were it not for KOPN. Trust me, the Cumulus Broadcast Network or Clear Channel is not going to let me on the air to do the things <laughs> that I do. All right. Uh, so I appreciate the opportunity to do it here at KOPN. Uh, I'm a member here myself. I donate my own time and money uh, to the station. And um, if you guys appreciate it, I'd appreciate that you might... Uh, chip in as well okay all right so enough of the uh, proselytizing larry as i said my wonderful webmaster that started this whole rant he's the best he does it all for free and he's the best uh so you know some things are free in fact the best things in life are michael you know i just had a question uh uh brendan did you do you have a, a website uh, just eskmo.com. Yeah, oh, okay. eskmo, eskmo.com. Did you say that earlier? You may have said that. Yeah. I did, but we can mention it again for sure. And yeah. yours as well. Michael Kane, M-I-K-K-L-E-C-A-N-E.com uh, for Michael's website. Just because uh, I'm, you know, I'm curious, you know, to check that out. I'm looking forward to it. This is the first time I've, you know, I heard the song that you played in the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you said it was called The Rain or something. It's called Rain, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it sounded really good, nice and relaxing, <laughs> and, you know, I'm Looking forward to, to hearing more of it. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, Eskimo's great, and he's got uh, he does a lot of different stuff. He's got some real up tempo stuff too, and some house music and some dance stuff. And uh, he can get it rocking pretty good too sometimes. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest, the, uh, I've been playing a lot of his down tempo stuff because uh, it's it, just personally I like it a lot. So we'll do some more from uh, from from you, Brennan, in just a little while here. So anyway, okay, uh, let's see what else. Let me finish up with this business here. Uh, as I said. We're trying to build a mailing list on the website. Uh, so if you go to the website, register. It's simple. It's free. Uh, it's private. I don't want a lot of information, just a, just a valid email address so I know how to get in touch with people if, if there's good reason to. And if you do that, you can download um, another great piece of music. My friends from Yachai, these two guys, Jeff and William, um, it's, and, they're, and they're very cryptic. They've never told me their last name so after, over all this time. Anyway, they make wonderful music uh, from uh, roots that go back to traditional Amazonian shamanism, uh, which is sort of uh, connected to some of your roots as well, Brendan. Uh, there's a shamanic... Uh, um, they're from right here in Columbia. Actually, they're not. They, they, they're from Phoenix, uh, Arizona, but they spend a lot of time down in Peru with uh, Don Augustine, who's a, sort of a traditional uh, medicine man down there in Peru. Oh, nice. So, anyway, you can get the, their entire CD is available for download. It's called Sweet Mother Mercy, and it's really great. Uh, so, if, uh, if you go and register at the site, that's available for free. And also, Larry's got some uh, screensavers and some other stuff. So, like I said, real simple. Just go over there, register. You'll have full access to the site, all the archives, everything. But I just want to know who you are, okay? 
All right. Uh, let's see. As I said, email address, orbitradio at AOL.com. The website, MikeHagan.com. If you want to talk on the air, 573-443-8255 and 874-5676 if you want to call and give us a pledge. And in the meantime, let's play another piece of music. We'll play a short one here. This is from Brendan Angelitas. Again, this is Eskimo, since Michael just wanted to hear some more of it. Here's one. This is called Answer Small. <laughs> I like the song, but I like the name, too. All right, here we go. Alright, I pushed the wrong button. This is actually called The Heart, but it's actually uh, a real nice song too, so enjoy this.
right, there you have it. That's another one from Eskimo. My good friend Brendan Angelitas is actually in the studio with me right now, along with Michael Kane doing a little whistling there in the background. We got the clappers here tonight too. So anyway, uh Brendan, the heart was supposed to be in the part or was supposed to be answer small, but that's the heart. Tell us something about it. Uh Essentially, it's, I mean, that could be kind of cheesy or whatever, but it really was something that I was trying to focus on just very, honestly, just from the heart at the time. I don't remember what situation was revolving around it, but usually, I write music, definitely, as any musician would know, I'm sure Mike understands, therapeutically. Hmm. So, at the time, it was just very, I was in a really good place, and it was calming for me to get that out, so hopefully it kind of translates to other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I like it. That's not the first time I've played it. And um, it's actually sort of... Uh, I didn't mean to play it right there. And so it's sort of a synchronicity. And I, I, I pay attention to mistakes I make and all this sort of stuff. And I, um, I'm going to tell a story real fast here because on Monday nights for the next few weeks, and it's been going on for the last few weeks, I go to this class with my wife um, to uh, help us with the uh, the upcoming birth of our of our next child, and I have uh, I have a, we have a son. My wife and I have a son who's he'll be three years old in September, and we're going to have another son. We just found out it's going to be a, ba- a boy. Uh, a Congrats! Couple, thanks, Congratulations! Absolutely. Thank you. So we find out we're going to have another boy, and again in September. Uh, but my wife's first pregnancy resulted from a cesarean section. And we were hoping to have a, a, a more natural type birth, but because of complications in the situation, we weren't able to. So anyway, this time we're going to try to do it again, and it becomes a little bit more sophisticated to have a, a, a vaginal birth uh, after you've had a, a C-section, right? So anyway, we're going, and we, we go to this sort of class, and they talk about you know all this stuff. And it's kind of cool and uh, interesting, and I learn a lot about it. But... Um, one of the things that uh, we were talking about tonight was uh, what happens after the baby's born. And I made a comment uh, to our instructor about something that I've learned over the years, uh, primarily from Joseph Chilton Pierce, who's a man who's been on this program a couple times before. And for people who are familiar with his work, an absolutely remarkable man who's been uh, doing his part and more for for going on five decades now. But uh, anyway, Joe Pierce said something in one of his earlier books, I think Magical Child, and he said, watch when uh, whenever a woman uh, picks up a child, a baby, whether it's a woman who uh, is the mother of the child or whether it's uh, a young girl who's never uh, even held a child before or anybody in between, grandmother... 98 point some odd percent of those women will will hold the child to their left breast, to the left side of their chest, as mm. opposed to the right. And there's been a tremendous amount of research has been done over the years about this, and it has to do with the human heart and where the heart is, located oh, in the chest. And uh, when a baby is born, uh, one of the disastrous results of technological birth and by technological birth, I mean uh, hospital birth primarily, but more importantly, birth situations in which the infant is separated from the mother early on. Because uh, not all of the development of the heart, uh, the visual system, uh, many different things uh, that are going on with that child are not completed uh, in utero. In other words, 
once they come out, there's still a lot. Obviously, we know there's a lot that has to be done. But one of the first things that has to be done is synchronization of the heart. And what we found, what they've found, uh, in particular, this amazing group of people working in uh, Boulder Creek, California, called um, the Heart Math Institute. And they are just the pioneers in this uh, 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 virtually new field of, math, uh, of, um, of medicine that's called neurocardiology. And very few doctors are on the boat yet, but uh, the leading edge is. And neurocardiology is exactly what it sounds like. It has to do with the heart as not just a pump. Uh, it turns out that all of us, every human being, and I've, sp I've spoken about this at length before, but I'll do it real quickly here. Um, upwards of 65% of the cells in our hearts all of us, including the pericardial sac that surrounds it, are neurons. They're neurons. Yeah, uh, right? that, that's quite interesting. I yeah. mean, I didn't know that. It's, but, it's yeah, true. Wow. It's true. And, uh, uh, and the neurons in the heart are directly physically connected via long axons and dendrites to the brain. And, uh, and not only that, the heart... Uh, is also the primary endocrine gland in the, in the body. We don't think of it as a gland. We think of you know, the pituitary and the thyroid and uh, these sorts of things as glands. But the, the heart is the primary hormonal gland that we have in our body too. So it's not just a pump. There was um, mm. one, one, one of the most amazing uh, writers and philosophers and teachers of, of our day uh, um, was made by a man whose name was Rudolf Steiner. And he founded uh, a wonderful teaching uh, program that's called Waldorf Schooling. If anybody of you, if you have children out there and you're interested in alternative schooling um, uh, programs or opportunities, look into Waldorf. The Waldorf Schooling System is just outrageously cool. And uh, I wish there were one here uh, in Missouri, quite frankly. But anyway, Rudolf Steiner, who sort of uh, 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 really began all this sort of talk, said at one time, he, he prophesied that, that the greatest discovery of the 20th century, the greatest discovery of 20th century science would be that the heart was not just a pump, that it was profoundly more than that, and that the great challenge of our species, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said that the great challenge of our species following this discovery would be to allow the heart to teach us to think in a new way. He said that the heart would lead us into a new form of thought, a new dimension of mind, and uh, he said that it was uh, what was required to achieve the next level of evolution. This is what Rudolf Steiner said, and he wasn't just whistling Dixie. The guy was a brilliant man, and now all this stuff is bearing out in science. We're learning all this stuff about the heart that we didn't know before. And absolutely, it's amazing. They seem Modern science seems to be catching up to what people were saying like thousands of years ago. It's so true. You know, you know, this is kind of interesting, and I don't mean to totally jump no, off please, here. No, please, it's good that we're talking about it. But uh, before I moved to Columbia, I used to work at a uh, hospital in Chicago, and I was a perfusion assistant, hmm. and I worked in the, uh, I, I worked in cardiac surgeries. Hmm. Uh, I saw 
many cardiac surgeries. Uh, what's, perfu- what's perfusion mean for those who aren't familiar? Perfusion, a perfusionist is uh, someone that runs the heart-lung bypass machine. Keeps the blood moving. During heart surgery. Oxygenated. They stop the heart so the surgeon can actually physically work on the heart without it beating, and therefore they bypass all the blood mm-hmm. through a machine which the perfusionist runs, and they oxygenate the blood return it back to the patient and you know and the, the perfusionist actually does a tremendous amount of work i mean they right. they deal with temperature of the entire oh. body they deal with the anesthetic actually during the surgery because um, they have to paralyze the heart right uh, yeah and they deal with uh paralyzing the heart <laughs> with, the, with the drug and um it, it's it's an amazing thing and um but you know i saw many patients uh you know receive new hearts heart transplants mm-hmm. and uh, kind of saw them Go through the process a little bit. You know, we would see them, we would see them on the surgery table, uh, on the surgical table. They would receive the new heart, and then for the next few weeks, they would be in the intensive care unit, which was actually just adjacent to the to the OR room. Mm-hmm. And so we would actually go back and forth. I mean, we saw these patients a lot, and it was amazing seeing patients receive a new heart. It was it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was also quite amazing, and uh, as Whatever. I mean, you kind of hear about it or whatever, but seeing a heart removed from a human being and placed on a table, and it literally beats for upwards of 20 to 30 minutes, roughly, Mm -hmm. and obviously not with the same intensity as within the body, but, but it still continues to, to flex and, and and retract. And, um, and it's just unbelievable that a heart has cells within it that beat Without the brain's assistance, that's that, right. that, pre, that that you know that just work to their own beat essentially. I mean, as right. corny as that might sound, right. and, uh, that's exa- this is exactly why. Yeah, and, and yeah. it is just it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, me and other you know coworkers of mine, I mean, we literally would catch ourselves with staring at this. I mean, because mm-hmm. it truly is an amazing thing. I mean, you know, you don't get to see that every huh. day. No, you don't I mean, get that's to see that very often. Thing, sure. I, it was it blew me away to actually see that and to be part of it and. You know, to be assisting in that, and uh, I, I loved it. The other thing too is that um, I recently saw a special called "In the Womb," which you were kind of talking about the baby and things like that. Yeah, and I'll return to that in a second. I want to I want to add something to that. Okay. Um, uh, this whole point about the heart and synchronization is really important because what you re- what you saw is that the heart, independent of the rest of the body, will still keep doing something. Yep. Right. Well, when a baby's born. Uh, the entire life up to that point has been spent inside the mother, okay? So the primary background noise is the heartbeat of the mother. Mm-hmm. It's the, it, it never the stops, right? Yeah, it's a drum, and that's where Brendan comes from, trust me. <laughs> uh, so, so that background drum is, uh, is literally the backdrop of human life until exit from the womb, right? Well, it turns out that there's a synchronization that has to take place. And the way that this takes place is proximity between the baby's heart and the, and the mother's heart once it's post-utero, right? Uh, the way that this was proven um, was similar to what you're talking about, Michael. They took uh, cardiac cells and separated them from the heart. And, you'll, and, and what happens is the individual cells begin to fibrillate. They, they go out of rhythm. Mm. But as soon as you get them close enough, they don't have to be touching. As soon as you get them close enough to the heart again, 
or a group of cells that are be, that, that have their rhythm, the individual cells will, will get the rhythm back. Oh, wow. Right? It will defibrillate. Right? So this combined with the fact that the human heart generates a tremendous magnetic field that, that, that extends 25, 30 feet outside of your body in a toroidal uh, torus-type shape. We've all seen the, the way the magnetic field of the Earth looks and sort of a donut shape around the Earth. Well, you know, as above, so below. Uh, the, the, the magnetic field that's emanated from the human heart is exactly the same thing. If you look at it with the right lens on your camera, that's exactly what you'll see. Um, and that field extends out beyond the body. You know, we have this idea that we end at the skin. <laughs> we don't. My fields are interacting with yours right now and yours with mine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why when somebody walks into the room sometimes, you get a little something. You know, maybe it's a chill. It's somebody, you know, bad energy. Or maybe, you know, it's great energy. You never know. But things happen when people interact. You know, it's not always physical. So, it's, so essentially, like the baby's heart, it syncs up with the mother? It or syncs it, up with it? the mother's heart. Oh. And, and, and in fact, uh, in, in fact there, are, there are researchers that argue that we have such a great number of heart problems in this country because for four generations we've had Separation. babies that have been separated at birth from their mothers and they've had uh, heart issues to begin with because they hadn't been able to sync up correctly. Wow. Uh, it's uh, outrageous, actually. Wow. Uh, and I mean, this may, you know, there are people that will argue that this is nonsense, what I'm talking about now, but I'm saying there are serious people that are talking about this. And, uh, you know, for you expectant mothers out there and fathers, you, you, you might do yourself well to look into it, I would say. You know, I'm not telling you what to believe, but trust me, uh, when my son is born in September, he will go directly to his mother. He will not go on some <laughs> cart uh, hauled off into some nursery where they're going to stick tubes in him. And uh, uh, and other things. So uh, there are there are right ways and wrong ways to do everything. And the the human body, the female, the beautiful goddess body of our women was made perfectly fine by the goddess of nature to have children. And uh, male intervention has not been a good thing in uh, in 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 the history of childbirth. And uh, so anyway, the human heart, amazing things that go on there and things that we don't really expect sometimes. And I think uh, it's worth looking into. So anyway, okay, uh, top of the hour, uh, midnight, straight up almost. So, Michael, maybe you play another song for us. Huh? Okay. Play one more, then you can get out of here. I know you got you got business to attend to and you got a busy busy schedule going on this week. Sure. So we'll get one more from Michael. Uh, Brendan's going to hang around because he's got nowhere else to go. And... Uh, We'll see uh, what we do after that, okay? Okay. All right, let's see what mic are you, mic two. All right, once more time, uh, this is KOPN Columbia. It's Mike Hagen, you're listening to Radio Orbit. And uh, this is my good friend, Michael Kane, playing some more for you.
Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Awesome stuff. What's that called? I haven't heard that before. Yeah, that one's called uh, Prayer for a Joke. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah, it's, a, it's you know, um, <laughs> I don't know, talking, kind of going back to the heart, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm married, been married for almost two years, and um, kind of went through a little rough, rough phase. And uh, though my wife and I desperately, we love each other very much. And um, this was a little while back. And um, it came from then. You know, I mean, it came from this, you know, a a bad bad kind of period that we had. And ultimately, the the name of the song and and what the song was about was sort of this specifically, you know, not to get too into it, but, but an argument we had. And... And ultimately, you know, just wanting so bad for there to be something for us to laugh at. Right. And, you know, and for us just to kind of n- not take it all so seriously and just, y- you know. Resolve it. Exactly. Right. And, and yeah, and, and you know, I, 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 for whatever the song, if people like it, don't like it, it, it means a lot to me. So yeah. Those are the best ones usually. Yeah. You know, do your music for you. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so. so yeah, thanks, Mike. I appreciate being here and uh, look forward to coming back here. Yeah, okay. On the 12th of June, everybody, uh, you can look forward to having uh, a whole night. We'll probably play seven or eight songs from Michael, um, and we'll have him on the air live with Rian Eisler, assuming that we get the technology worked out. Uh, but anyway, Michael, thanks for coming down tonight. Great. Too, so. Thank you, Mike. And it's great meeting you, Brendan. You absolutely, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, uh, one more time. That's Michael Kane, and you can check him out on the web at mi. K-K-L-E-C-A-N-E dot com and also at myspace.com slash Michael M-I-C-H-A-E-L C-A-N-E uh, Michael Kane. Alright, cool. So, uh, it's Mike and uh, Brendan sticking around with me here. We've got um, what should we do here? Space weather. I said I was going to do that. I'll do it now. The big deal still this comet. Uh, comet Schwassmann Vachmann 3 73P and it is sort of receding from the Earth now and uh, about to disappear as far as uh, the, the, the sightings of it go for all sort of uh, practical purposes for people in their backyards and that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, it's not gone yet. And there have been all kinds of uh, fragments and meteors and bolides and asteroids that have been flashing through the Earth's atmosphere over the last couple weeks. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of information at Kent Stedman's website. If you're interested in this, hop on the web, go on over to cyberspaceorbit.com, and Kent, as always, uh, is uh, on the front edge of this sort of stuff. So, anyway, there was actually an amazing thing that Kent had on his site. From the um, there's a there's a rover, uh, an unmanned spacecraft that's on the surface of the planet Mars right now. There's actually a couple of them. Uh, this one in particular is called. Uh, Opportunity. Well, Opportunity was taking a, a nice picture of the Martian skyline, and a huge fireball went right to, right through the Martian atmosphere and was captured on Opportunity's camera. So we got fireballs all over the uh, uh, the inner solar system right now because of this comet that's broken up and it's just sort of, you know, just absolutely. Uh, um, I don't know, it's just chaotic out there cruising through the inner solar system. So anyway, we're seeing a lot of that stuff in the in the skies above Earth. We're seeing it above the skies of Mars. And uh, as I've been saying the whole time, you know, the, the, the interest for me is not necessarily in, you know, an impact or something like that. I'm interested in what's in the debris. I'm interested in the tales of these comets and what's carried in them. It's not always inert rocks. It's biological material, you know. There's mushroom spores. We've talked about this sort of thing before. You never know what's in the tail of a comet. There are certain life forms that can traverse great uh, expanses of space and great periods of time. And they just sort of cruise along and wait until the right environment shows up. And when it does, then they do their thing. So anyway, uh, always interesting to wonder what might be happening in a situation like this because, my gosh, we're just getting bathed in this, uh, uh, in this thing. We are literally just flying through a cloud of whatever it was that used to make up Comet 73P Schwarzman-Wachmann. So we'll hope for the best. Maybe it will turn us all into intelligent creatures. All right, what else? Um, you know, a lot of these things aren't even seen. I was reading a story, they were talking about the number of these things that have been seen in the atmosphere, but most of them don't get seen because most people don't look up. 
and there aren't a whole lot of people that are watching the skies at any given time. So anyway, probably may, uh, way more of these things that are happening than we're actually being talked about and reported, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, so hop on the web. As I said, uh, Kent Stedman's probably doing the best job out there of covering this stuff. Otherwise, in space, the sun is relatively mellow, uh, no real uh, threat of any significant flares. Uh, Aurora Borealis pretty mellow right now. And I don't know. It's all about the comets right now, okay? All right, so that's that. What else do we want to talk about? Hop on the web, as I said. There's um, a couple of people on the chat page that have some questions. I will address those in a few minutes. Probably going to play another song by Brendan here coming up in a minute. But um, I have lots of news to talk about. You know, I should probably talk about some upcoming guests and stuff before we do this. But let me play one more piece about the pledge drive. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about upcoming guests, what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Then we'll play some more music from Brendan and come back and do... i tell you what, we're going to play music from Brendan right now. So that way I can say about it, Michael.
All right, there you have it. That was Answer Small. And uh, Brendan Angelides. That's a song by Eskimo. And uh, you can find information about Brendan on the web at www.eskmo.com. And uh, we'll say one last goodbye to Michael. See you, bye. All right. Um, let's see what I said. Uh, what do we? What I said. What I said. Here's what we're gonna do. Upcoming guest tonight. We were supposed to have Rihanna Eisler, the remarkable author of The Chalice and the Blade, among other books. But we'll have to wait a few weeks for Rihanna. Technology on her end. For once, it's not me. That's nice that I didn't screw up the phones this time. Usually, I'm the one having trouble on my end. But anyway, uh, uh, didn't get the technology cooperating today. So we'll just have some fun tonight, and we'll do some fly-by-night radio. All right. Next week, Vincent Bridges uh, will be on the program. Of course, Vince uh, does his own thing, but uh, I was originally introduced to him through an amazing book that he wrote called uh, Monument to the End of Time, which was uh, co-authored by Jay Widener, who's been on the show a couple times. So anyway, Vincent's been on the program once before. We'll have him back next week, and I look forward to talking with him. Not sure exactly what we'll talk about, but uh, I'm sure he has plenty in mind. Speaking of Jay Widener, we'll have Jay back on the air in June, uh, probably with John Major Jenkins. Probably at the same time, we'll have Jay and, uh, uh, and John Major Jenkins. There's a new documentary that Jay uh, has produced and is about to be released pretty soon. It's called Odyssey 2012, and it's a compilation of interviews and uh, uh, discussions from all kinds of people that are interested in, in this particular uh, alignment that's going to be happening in 2012. We've talked about it at great length on this program. And so we'll talk with Jay and uh, John about that. Now, we also have Rick Levine, or Rick Levine, who's also involved in that project with Jay, but he's also done an, uh, an amazing uh, video DVD that's called Quantum Astrology. And as I've said on the radio show before, the astrology thing was one that never really clicked with me, but the way Rick Levine looks at it is very interesting. So he'll be on the show sometime in June as well. Uh, Daniel Pinchbeck, he's an author of a new a book called The Return of Quetzalcoatl. And we've had a lot of listeners that have requested that I get a hold of Daniel. So uh, we'll have, uh, hopefully, have Daniel Pinchback on the show uh, real soon. We just have to uh, get a hold of him and try to get something set up. Uh, Christopher Dunn. I was in Las Vegas. It's weird. Uh, I was in Vegas last last month. Uh, well, it wasn't last month. It was last couple days. I just got back on uh, Sunday morning. Anyway... I was in Las Vegas. I was visiting with some friends there and uh, had an amazing time. And while I was there, I drove by the Luxor, which is this this uh, hotel that looks like a pyramid. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. It's huge. And it's not even fancy now. In its day, it was considered one of the fancy ones. But now it's just sort of like another... They just keep building bigger and bigger, more gigantic outrageous casinos but anyway it made me think about Giza and I have yet to do a real in-depth show on Giza so Christopher Dunn I think is a guy I want to get a hold of um, who wrote uh, Giza Power Plant years ago he's an engineer and a guy who can really tell us about the, the uh, sophistication of the engineering that, that, that went on with Giza and I think that's one of the keys there so anyway Chris Dunn hopefully in a few weeks uh, Char Davies if her and I can get things worked out she's an amazing artist who, who does most of her work in virtual reality <laughs> And uh, 
let's see, who else? Kat Harrison, Terrence's ex-wife, uh, probably on the air sometime in the next few months, maybe with Dennis, maybe not. I don't know, but uh, we're talking with Kat, and we'll do something as soon as it's convenient for her. All right? Okay, this is Mike, and uh, it's Radio Orbit. You can find us on the web at MikeHagan.com. We're also streaming live every Monday night at www.cosmicwavesradio.com. Just go to that website and click on Channel 2, and you'll see us right there, and you can listen to the show every Monday night, regardless of where you are on the planet. Okay? All right, let's see. Uh, what do I want to do here? Let me look at my notes. Well, there's some questions on the forum. And uh, I think I'm going to play another song. We have plenty of time. So I'm going to play another song here. This one's actually not by uh, anyone that's live with us tonight, but it's one of my favorite bands that I've run into recently, and uh, they're called Ism. And this song is a title track from uh, their recently released CD. And it's called Monkey Underneath. And uh, here it is.
Yeah. All right, that's ism, as I said. My new friends from New York, great stuff, and uh, that's the title track from Monkey Underneath, and uh, more from those guys for sure. And all this music you're hearing tonight, you can find it all on the web, uh, on my website at mikehagan.com, and uh, just click over on the music archives page, and you'll find information on ism. You'll find information on Eskimo. You'll find information on Michael Caine. And you'll find information and music from a whole bunch of other people who have been on the program over the last, uh, I don't know, you know, however long. So that's the idea is to start to uh, collect the stuff and uh, collaborate and uh, share all this stuff. Wonderful stuff there from ISM. I love it. So you can find them on the web as well at ism.com. Or ism music, I think it is. Yeah, ismmusic.com. All right, and uh, let's see what else here. Um, we have some questions that are coming in on uh, the chat page, so I think we'll talk to uh, some people out there in the uh, in the ether for a minute. Give me a second. I'm trying to sort of stall here as I add some files to my playlist that I'm going to play. In a few minutes, I want to put on a couple more songs here from Brendan. Uh, let's see, I want to play Cross Hatches later. I want to play Find You Here for sure. And maybe In the Park. Okay, we'll load those up. Those are coming up here from Brendan Angelitas in a little while. All right, in the meantime, okay, Bob Bolt. Hi, good to see you're back. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Uh, but it's cool that we can sort of communicate uh, live over the chat page like this. Uh, Tanila, or Tanila. Am I pronouncing it right? Tanila, I'm going to say. Uh, hello, nice to see you. Uh, Yeti, my friend, you're always out there, in and out. So let me see what some people have to say here on the uh, on the chat page. Uh, let's see. All right, this one is right at the beginning. This was the first question that was asked. So, uh, hi, Radio Orbit. Please tell us tonight how you met Terrence McKenna and what your favorite story from Terrence McKenna was. Also, how is your contact with Terrence's former wife, Kat? Well, okay, uh, the way that I met Terrence, I never met Terrence in the flesh. Interestingly, uh, the relationship that I had with Terrence was uh, over the Internet. And it was a long time ago, before most people were using the Internet. Uh, there was this gang, this group of people uh, that um, created uh, a Internet use group forum type thing. Something that we would see now as a bulletin board or a forum or something like this, but it was sort of a rudimentary idea of this. And it eventually became known as the novelty group. And it was basically people that were interested in uh, the writings and the talkings and the teachings of Terence and Dennis McKenna. And I think it's important to recognize uh, something. I haven't spoke about this much on the air, and I think this is a good opportunity to do this. Uh, Terence was a miracle. There's no question about it. He was a very important, at least in my opinion, somebody uh, who was a really special and important individual. And he was a wonderful teacher and an amazing communicator and somebody who walked the walk when it came to pushing the envelope of communication, as he liked to call it. Uh, and he taught us more about language than so many uh, linguists have in uh, in many, many years. So anyway, I love Terrence, and the work he did was invaluable. 
and I carry his torch uh, in, in many ways, or I'd like to think that I, that I do. But I think it's also really important to recognize that the experiences primarily that drove Terence and that were reported in uh, True Hallucinations and in The Invisible Landscape were experiences that primarily happened to Dennis. Dennis is the shaman of La Chorera. Terence was the communicator. He told us what happened. But Dennis was the guy that went off the boat, baby. And uh, uh, it is uh, a huge privilege to be able to have a relationship with Dennis, uh, regardless of where he is in his life now. And he's doing tremendous work and has been for so many years now. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's no, need, there's no need at this point to push La Chorera. Uh, Dennis is certainly aware of his own life and experience. And the places that he has gone since then, I'm certain, are the places that he needed to go. And uh, his work, I'm sure, will eventually be uh, remembered as uh, profound, uh, profoundly important. Uh, at any rate, uh, they're both amazing men, and we're fortunate to have uh, the ability to, uh, to find out about them now in this day and age. Uh, anyway, so uh, Terrence and I met via the Novelty Group, and Terence was very accessible. At this time, he was sort of uh, testing out theories about the time wave and getting people's feedback and finding out what people thought about it and was it working as in their own experiments. And it was all sort of, uh, you know, just a bunch of people sort of chatting about interesting ideas. And uh, anyway, he was very comfortable talking with anybody. And I approached him via email uh, one time. And he was gracious enough to respond in depth. And that was the beginning of our relationship. And he uh, was a great teacher of mine. And I feel privileged and uh, uh, fortunate to have had him uh, in my life. And, uh, and I feel the same way about his brother. And I feel the same way about his uh, former wife, Kat. Uh, Kathleen Harrison, who we're trying to uh, put a program together with sometime in the future, and people have been asking about that as well. And she's an absolutely wonderful woman, someone uh, who could sit down and have a wonderful conversation with Rian Eisler, as a matter of fact, I'm sure. And uh, this is another thing that I'm going to try to do more of, is these collaborations, bring more than one guest on at the same time. Uh, the show with Dennis McKenna and Richard Glenn Boyer, of course, from the Center for Cognitive Liberty and Ethics, a man who's working very hard every day of his life to make sure that you have the right to experience what you want in your own brain, your own mind, your own consciousness, you know, the right to and the right to abstain from, you know what I mean? So anyway, Richard doing great work and the show with him and Dennis together is just outrageous, I thought. Uh, and I really like doing that stuff. And of course, Dennis on the air earlier the, uh, in the year with Stephen Herod Buner, another just remarkable man who's doing great work. So anyway, you know, Kat Harrison certainly coming up and maybe her and Rian sometime in the future or other things like that. This is the way I want to be thinking, you know. Let's do more and more of this stuff. Collaboration. It was great to... Brendan, I'm going to turn your phone on again. We can chat for a minute. What are you on? Three? Yeah. But um, tonight, uh, before the show, as some of my regular listeners know, I go to this little bar. It's called the Blue Fugue. 
and it's just down the down the road here and the guys that run it are great people and uh, it's a comfortable place for me and I like to go down there before the program on Monday nights and just visit with people and maybe have a beer and just relax a little bit but anyway uh Brennan you were down there with me uh tonight and within just a very short order you and Michael were talking Yep, absolutely. And uh, discussing music and uh, how to get in touch with you, uh, with each other and, uh, you know, websites and all this sort of stuff. And uh, that's so great. It's so cool to see collaboration and communication between musicians uh, and uh, whomever. But anyway, I just dig it, and I thought it was great to see that. So Absolutely. He's even uh, you know, thinking about, hopefully... Going out to Cali at some point too, so yeah, he's he, he's dying to get out to California. Yeah. Michael doesn't like the cold. We know that, Mike, and you're listening. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's a uh, uh, it's a great thing to see people talking and communicating like that. And again, the technologies are giving us the opportunity to do it. So uh, uh, we can trivialize the tech and say, well, you know, it's Fox News online, or we can actually use the technology. Absolutely, like uh, like you're doing, like Michael's doing, like I'm trying to do, and um, and really start to uh, find the others, as we like to say. So, anyway, lots of great stuff going on. Let's see what else is on the um, on the chat here. Uh, let's see. We talked about Terrence Radio Orbit. Could you talk about your visit with the Sacred Cross at Hyundai in France? Ah, uh, yeah. Ha. That's cool that somebody asked. Like, somebody must have been listening. I didn't. You know. Uh, I think on the first program with Jay Widener, that was over a year ago, I mentioned that I had actually been to uh, Undai. It's actually, that's the French pronunciation, but Hende is what I guess most people call it if they've read the books. But anyway, that that I had been to Hende, France, and had actually, yeah, stood in front of the cross. You went with uh, Jay? or No, I, I was on my honeymoon, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow, you just happened to be there. Yeah, this was before I was doing radio. This was in 19, uh, well, it was in 2001. It was uh, uh, September, believe it or not, uh, September 2001. My, my wife and I got married on the 22nd of September, so mm-hmm. 11 days after September 11th. So the whole world was sort of in chaos at the time. Yeah. And uh, we got married, and we had plans to go to France and to Spain for our honeymoon. And, you know, I had worked really hard to save money and all this stuff, and... Uh, uh, you know, we really wanted wanted to go, and and I had I had read Monument to the End of Time, uh, a couple of years earlier, which was mm-hmm. this amazing book, right, by by Vince Bridges and uh, and Jay Widener, and I thought, wow, what a great opportunity t- for me to actually ch- go there, you know, and uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story of the cross at Undai or Hende, get on the web and go over to jwidener.com or vincentbridges.com, either one of those guys, and uh, uh, prepare to jump into the rabbit hole. <laughs> All right? Uh, anyway, it's a fascinating story and involves this uh, enigmatic alchemical character from the, uh, from the uh, late 1800s and into the 1900s who went only by the name of Falconelli. And it's a real wild, interesting story, but there are some physical artifacts, i.e. the cross at Hende, uh, that are right there for you to see if you're interested in it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that get talked about in the esoteric world that you really can't put your hands on, you know. And uh, this is one thing you can actually put your hands on. You can look at it with your own eyes and you can see the inscriptions on it and you can see, um, you know, the way it's situated on the planet. Uh, you can look at 
whatever you want to look at. So anyway, so I went there. Yeah, so we decided we were going to go. We said, okay, forget it. We're not going to, mm. you know, capitulate to the terrorists, whoever they might be. And uh, we thought we'd do it. So anyway, it was really cool. We got on the plane. There was like nobody wanted to fly anywhere so that the planes were empty. Uh, and they took really, They were like really nice to us. And, you know, we had champagne and uh, in coach. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and uh, anyway, we went to France, and yeah, I, I went to, we, we took a trip. We were staying down there. The Hende is a, um, it's right on the border between, it's the southern border of France and the northern border of Spain on the, uh, on the Atlantic coast side. It's beautiful. It's an amazing mm. place, and it's in what they call the Basque area of, uh, or the Basque region of France and of Spain. And it's a very volatile region, even to this day, the Basque Separatists. This is one of the quote-unquote terrorist organizations that you hear about, spoken about in Europe. You don't hear much about them over here. Mm. But there's a whole group of people uh, that live in that particular area of Spain and France who want no part of the Spanish or French governments. And, of course, they're labeled terrorists, and I'm not, I'm not really sure what my position is you know, on their political struggle but uh, at any rate uh, it's a real interesting area it has been for hundreds of years and uh, this is also the area that's called the Cathar region and for those of you who again are interested in ancient uh, Christian tradition for example the Gnostic traditions that uh, predate uh, the traditional Christian ideas that we talk about these days um, there are there's a tremendous amount of history there in the Cathar region of France and the Cathars were a very interesting group of people as well, uh, who were persecuted and murdered uh, by uh, early uh, Christian crusaders that weren't just interested in wiping out um, other faiths. They were also interested in wiping out uh, their own history, uh, the mystical traditions of the Christian faith, uh, the Gnostic traditions. Which is amazing about that, too, is it really not that much different. Just certain select pieces that just didn't go along with what, yeah. what they were trying to accomplish. It's amazing, actually, when you look at what, uh, what's what been done over the years as far as you know, omissions and little twists and changes. But, gosh, the, uh, the, the ultimate result is something that's absolutely antithetical, you know what I mean, to, mm. the, uh, to the original ideas. So, anyway... Now, uh, this place in France is really special, and uh, there's this cross there, and it's in, believe it or not, uh, there's a church there, it's called St. Vincent's, and uh, uh, of course, Vince Bridges and I talked about that, the irony of that, because he was one of the guys that basically exposed, or, or uh, maybe that's not a good word, but, uh, but, but really opened up this information, him and Jay, and shared it with the world. I mean, nobody... The word Falconelli, uh, prior to 1998, uh, in fact, Jay and uh, Vince have talked with me about this, about how uh, you can do a web search, right, on the on the name Falconelli in 1998, and the only you would get two references. One was uh, from an old Frank Zappa song that was called "Who Is Fra Who Is Falconelli," mm. which tells you something about Zappa, actually. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and then there was one other one, uh, a reference, uh, I forget uh, what it was. But anyway, uh, now, in 2006, seven years after, or eight years, I guess, after that book was published, 
there are go to Google and put in Falconelli. Hundred thousand. Yeah, it's mean, everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, and it's all due to these two guys. Now, whether you buy it or not, it's up to you. You know, whether you're into, you know, if you think the ideas hold water, uh, I think they're certainly interestingly uh, interesting enough to talk about. And I was interested enough after I read the book to go there myself and look. And I'm a curious sort, and there are many places I could go to look at things, but that was one that really sort of struck me, you know. Mm. So anyway, yeah, we went, and uh, my wife and I went there. We stayed at a really beautiful little place down there for a couple weeks, and I was able to travel around, and we we actually went to Hyundai uh, for a day or two. We stayed at a little bed and breakfast there, and I traipsed around the place and took photos and looked at the thing, and, and I'll tell you, it's... Not a figment of their imagination. <laughs> I forgot uh, what Jay had said was, is the actual cross being preserved in any way by, like, the local... Unfortunately, no. Uh, it sits at the corner. It's it's in a very nondescript place, uh, and it's subject to, you know, a degradation from pollution and all you this stuff. Rain and wind. and Rain, wind, everything. In fact, uh, you know, it's been five years since I saw it, and... Certainly the inscriptions, and those guys make a big point of that, you know, that, uh, and they've done a great job of documenting, though. I mean, there's great, uh, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, if it does get destroyed further, at least they've preserved it pretty well, you know, with uh, photography and mm-hmm. and uh, positioning equipment and all that sort of stuff. We know exactly what it looks like. But it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It sits there. Nobody even knows it's there. I mean, it's really not at all, uh, um, it's just, n- unless you really knew the story, you would never know about it. You know what I mean? It's not like it's in a special place that holds any notoriety for the local community or anything like that. Um, nobody is interested in it whatsoever. In fact, it's a mystery how it got where it is. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not in its original place. Hmm. Some like two, 250 or 300 years ago or something, it was moved there. Hmm. And uh, nobody even knows where it came from originally. The whole thing's a really wild story. Um, anyway, Vince is going to be on the show next week. It's interesting that this guy on the web asked the question because Vince is going to be on the show next week. Well, I hope maybe he's listening. Um, so anyway, if you're listening, Vincent, call me at uh, 573-443-8255. Anybody else out there, if you want to call, you're welcome to do that too. You can get on the air and uh, ask a question or talk or whatever. So anyway, it's 573-443-8255. It's Mike listening to Radio Orbit. I'm sitting in the studio with my friend Brendan Angelides, a.k.a. Eskimo. He's in the midst of a road trip moving from Connecticut all the way cross-country to San Francisco. He's got a big grin on his face. Looking forward to Cali. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got uh, uh, we got Tanila, and we got Bob. We got the Yeti online. <laughs> and anyway, let's see what else is going on here. Mike, when the drug war ends around the world, what will we call it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we'll call it. War on something, though. It, it, it will, yeah, it will morph into the war. On, it's, it's in the process of morphing into the war on terrorism. They're sort of bringing those two together. But yeah. anyway, no, I, I think I know what you. I think I know what you're saying. When it ends, when it really ends, when there's no more war about it, what will we call it? We'll probably call it. Um, it won't be called. I'll tell you this. I don't know what it will be called, but the word, but the word drug won't be involved in it. <laughs> That's what it. That's what it will be to me. Uh, what else? Man and woman at the end of history. Yeah, unfortunately, Rian's not on the program with us today. Uh, Rian Eisner uh, Eisler did 
a seminar, I think it was a three-day seminar back in maybe 1989 or 1990 with Terrence McKenna. And that was an amazing collaboration, those two, speaking of cool collaborations. And that was uh, called Man and Woman at the End of History. And maybe we'll air some of that sometime. I have that on um, on tape somewhere. And maybe that's something to play uh, at at some point uh, in the future. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. What else here? If I could just bring up something real quick. Sure, Brendan. What are you going to... Just um, fascinated what you said about taking cells from the heart and essentially what you said before, basically putting it next to a cell from the mother's heart. Is that what you had said before? Well, you can do it with your own heart. In other words, if you have a heart cell Mm -hmm. um, and it's... uh, removed from your heart it won't die if they keep it you know it, it can be it can be maintained in a particular culture right. where it doesn't die what it will do is will when it when it when it gets removed a certain distance away from your heart it will go into fibrillation but when you get but when it gets close enough to your heart again and this can be this is outside of the body right, right? right. Uh, when it gets close enough it will regain its rhythm so what it shows is that the cells are connected uh, through other than physical means, right. right? It's a field that they're affected by. It's this magnetic field that defines the rhythm. And that field extends beyond the body. And this is something that when a child is born, the, 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 the heart of a child is not yet uh, rhythmically uh, set up correctly. It doesn't happen in utero. It happens after the after it's born, and the way that it gets synchronized is through this non-physical uh, field effect that comes from the mother's heart, emanates from her body, interacts with the field of the baby's heart, and then over a period of time, uh, the baby's heart then goes into its own natural yeah, it's, rhythm. It's fascinating. What I, definitely, what I thought of when I heard that. Um as I'm sure you've heard about tuning forks, you know, when you hit them, anything that resonates at the same frequency around it will start vibrating, too. And that's a fascinating thing to me, actually. Yeah, it seemed, like we were talking about before earlier, just a micro and macro type of thing, that this specifically sounds like a very, very similar type of thing. If you mm-hmm. actually have a cell from your own heart, bring it within a certain distance. Like you said, it has to be within a certain distance. It's got to right? be within that field, yeah. And then yeah. it will actually start to... Uh-huh. And they can even do it. They, they, I've even seen it where they do it in a culture where they'll ha- where they'll have. In other words, there's a threshold number of cells that if, if for example, say you have a thousand cells, I don't know what the threshold is. Call it a thousand. Maybe it's a million. I don't know. Right. But if you have a th- that threshold number of cells, they will maintain their rhythm. Hmm. So you can separate a couple cells out from them. Right. Right. And even the small group, you see it in, on a micro scale. So the, so those thousand cells are generating their own little magnetic field. Outside of the human body, they're just being kept alive in a culture, right? Mm. Separate cells from them, and again, if you move a distance away from that larger group, those individual cells will go into fibrillation, again, move them closer to the, to the, to the group, and they'll come back into it. It's yeah, amazing. It's fascinating. It's yeah. like, uh, like society. It like really... You know, it, mimicking the, human existence. Yeah, you know? these, things, these things are... Uh, they really are like that. They, they're metaphorical in a sense. Absolutely. That we see them everywhere. Um, this thing you mentioned about the tuning fork is, has always fascinated me uh, because it reminds me of what Einstein called sp- 
spooky action at a distance. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. It's action at a distance. I mean, right. it's a simultaneous occurrence. Yeah. It's a, I mean, science really never likes to talk about that stuff, you know? And they're definitely have, having to a lot more lately, though, definitely. Well, it's yeah, uh, a lot more and more. Even just, like someone had mentioned earlier about um, what the bleep do we know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like that. I think that was a good movie for kind of getting a lot of people used to the idea that this stuff is out there. Absolutely. It's like a common thread that even just... I hear it so many, so many times in just daily conversation, just random people talking about it. It's pretty fascinating. It really is. And, and, and the way this stuff moves now through culture and society, you know, we talk about m- memetics, you know, and meme theory. Memes, yeah. Um, and, I, and memes... Memes are kind of like genes, I think. You know, you sort of put them out there and... Uh, the good ones do well, actually. You know, it's sort of like, I mean, it's sort of Darwinian or, or something, uh, as much as I don't like to say that. But <laughs> yeah, we got somebody calling here. I should have been paying attention. I hope they haven't been calling for too long. But let me grab a line here and say hello. Good evening. Hope you haven't been waiting too long. This is Mike on Radio Orbit. Who's this? Yeah, this is Deborah. I just wanted to throw in the word about the glia cells. Ah, yes. Do with the electric system in the body. Why don't you... Hold, it's chemistry. And De- I'm Deborah, Deborah, it. Deborah, Deborah, hold on. Why don't you tell people what, 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 what it is, first of all. Define it for us. What's a glial cell? Actually, I have had some strokes since I read about it, but it was, I think it was a Scientific American mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and because of the MS and the neurological neuromuscular problems. I'm interested in things like that, and that's the first that I came across it. So it has something to do with chemistry. And the reason I connected to this was when you're talking about the magnetic field outside of the body, how Mm -hmm. they respond beyond just the brain cells within a localized body. That's what this other thing, this glia, has the capacity to do that, and it must have something to do with our prescience our ability to foresee something that's coming down the road somewhere Hmm. in the environment. They connect. There's Hmm. somehow or another that they communicate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's about all I can tell you right now. Well, you know what? You you sort of refresh my memory. And and I remember from uh, from Joseph Chilton Pierce's book, The Biology of Transcendence, which is a a remarkable book, he talks about those cells and, and, uh, and the fact that the human heart actually does somehow have some sort of Precognitive ability, actually, where it can sort of anticipate uh, a situation that's going to occur. It's very strange, and, and uh, I, I don't want to talk too deeply about it because I'm, I'm probably confused. Uh, so what I would do is say, get on the web and go listen to my first. And, and I'm not speaking to you. I'm, I'm speaking to other people who are interested in this, Deborah. Uh, to go on the web and listen to the first interview I did with Joseph Chilton Pierce from like. I don't know, December of 2004 or something like that, because he talked about it, and I know he mentioned those particular cells, Deborah, the glia cells. Really? I've never heard of it before. Yeah, and they, have so, and, and, and they are associated with this sort of precognitive ability, and I guess that, and that falls right in line well, with what you're talking about. So I'm just getting these feelings or indications that it has something to do with amorphic resonance and mm-hmm. how all that stuff works also, yeah, the yeah. field resonances that we vibrate to or different paradigms, um, or even our ancestors. There's just something going on there, and that's mm. speaking to me about it. What do you mean in terms of ancestors? 
the chemistry in our blood. Our our ancestors are in our blood. Deborah, by the way, that people teach you. Deborah, that's Brennan. Brennan, say hi to Deborah. Hello. How are you? Hello. So, um, across time and space, or across these different dimensions, there's something that can communicate or hold the information and can plug in. I don't know. I'm just getting those those kinds of. I'm just telling you right now. It's just kind of coming to me. But that's what I feel. It's connected to. All right. Well, thank you, so Deborah. I would like to learn more about it. So thanks. Yeah. Next time I see you, I'll try to. Um, well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Thanks, yeah, bye. Deborah. Thanks as always. Okay. Take care of yourself. All right. That's uh, Deborah. Thanks for calling. She's uh, calling from Kingdom City, if I uh, if I remember correctly, and um, a wonderful woman and uh, a great loyal listener to the program. So thanks, Deborah, for calling, as always. All right, let's see uh, the number. If you want to get uh, with us, 573-443-8255. I'm sorry, I don't have an 800 number if you want to get on the air. Uh, you'll have to call that 573 area code. Uh, let's see what else we have here on the web. Uh, let's see. Let's get some music lined up here, too. i got that ready, actually, already. Let's see if there's anything else on the web before we play another piece of music. Well, only one thing. Uh, this one's directed uh, to you, <laughs> Brendan. Uh, she says, uh, I think I, this must be a woman. She says, Mike, your in-house guest really sounds like Gene Simmons when he talks very close. <laughs> Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing that's Gene Simmons of Kiss fame. Uh, so I'm not sure. You'll have to, uh, Tanila, you'll have to ask if that's correct. You mean Gene Simmons, the... Uh, uh, the, the the singer and bass player for the band Kiss. I hope that's who hopefully, you're talking about. Hopefully, it's a good thing. Yeah, Gene Simmons. <laughs> if it's him, it's great. I love the guy. Anyway, all right, we'll hear uh, another sp- uh, another song in the meantime here from uh, the man you're talking about. This is Eskimo, Brendan Angelitas, on Radio Orbit, independent, wonderful art, coming to you live tonight. Uh, and uh, as always, here's more. This is Crosshatches, uh, Brendan. One quick bit about crosshatches before we play it. Oh, uh, essentially, <laughs> like I said, I, I don't remember the specific time at what I was writing it, but um, it just really, a lot of the down tempo stuff, like Mike had mentioned before, I do more aggressive dance-oriented stuff. With this down tempo stuff, I pretty much just try to get into a feeling of hopefully really trying to connect other people to feel that way. Not so much with the dancing stuff is really to get them to dance. This mm-hmm. is more to have people contemplate and more internalize whatever they might be thinking about as opposed to trying to make them feel what I'm trying to have them feel. Get up and move or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, um, the other stuff? All of your, lots of samples of, of lots of your different music is available on your website, right? Yeah. Not just the Down Temple stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I have uh, various mixes of Down Temple stuff and you know, hour, hour and a half mixes of uh, the breaks and dance stuff too as, as well. All right, sounds good. All that's available on the web at ESKMO dot com uh, but uh, as far as down tempo stuff there's a little bit more of it right now this is called Cross Hatches it's Eskimo and it's Mike to to Radio Orbit
crosshatches. That's ESMO. Information on the web, ESKMO.com. You can also find information about Brennan from my website at MikeHagan.com. And uh, you're listening to it, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. It's Mike. It's Radio Orbit. We are uh, sort of flying by the pants tonight. Rian Eisler, uh, who I've had a couple of wonderful conversations with over the last few days. Uh, we were unfortunately not able to get things worked out tonight because of a, a technical difficulty in California with the phones. We decided we weren't going to chance it and didn't want to get cut off in the middle of, an inv- uh, of a conversation. So we postponed. We're going to do that on June 12th. In the meantime, we've just been sort of chatting it up. We've got some questions coming in from the chat page on the web. If you want to get involved, do that at MikeHagan.com. Just page down a little bit and then click on the uh, live chat, and you'll intuitively see how to join the conversation over there. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Michael Kane was with us a little bit earlier. He'll be playing music on the 12th uh, throughout the entire program, but you had a couple of teasers tonight. Mike played a couple of songs for us, and he's just getting better and better. I've been listening to his music for the last year and a half or so, and I'm really uh, liking what he's doing, and he's got a great heart uh, as well. So uh, we've got Michael. We've uh, been lucky enough to have Brendan in the studio with me. He's on his way to San Fran. Brendan, tell, a few, uh, tell the, the folks about uh, what your plan is on the way out there. Uh, you all make music, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. On the way out... Um after this, I'm going to be going to uh, Boulder in Denver. I'm playing in Denver next Saturday. Awesome. Um, i got good friends in Denver. you got to make sure you let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in I fact, one of them might be listening right now, Johnny Payton. He's a cab driver. He knows everybody in the whole damn town. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually hoping to be there for, you know, spend a few days, definitely go around, see some nature and stuff. So. All right, we'll talk about this before you leave. Absolutely. I'll make sure, I'll make sure you get... I'll make sure I put you in touch with a couple of my buddies back there. Awesome. Ha, they'd love to see you too, I'm sure. Where, where are you playing is it a is it a casual gig there or, or is it a formal deal? Uh they not a formal thing. They have a whole spot lined up and everything. It was kind of last minute um kind of get together but they have flyers everything. Um I'll have uh, information about it um on eskimo.com you know, very soon. I just been on the road right now so I've been been kind of scraggling in terms of internet connection. Right, you got to try to find a Wi-Fi zone like <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but doing that on Saturday, the uh, I believe it's the 27th, and um, going down to Utah after that to see some canyons, Bryce Canyon and Zion Canyon. Never been there, but I've heard amazing things about it. And then um, down through L.A. and up Highway 1 up to San Fran. All right. Definitely looking forward to it. It's beautiful. It's a huge country. It's crazy. Isn't it amazing? I mean, yeah. gosh, I mean, you're you're seeing. I mean, you're taking the whole ride, <laughs> right? I mean, Connecticut's. Pretty far up there in the northeast, yeah. and uh, absolutely, I went down uh, south too, some kind of zigzagging a little bit. I went down to uh, South Carolina, then Atlanta, then back up huh. Missouri. So, man, when'd you leave? You left a couple, three weeks ago or something? No, uh, Saturday. Oh, you've been that far since Saturday? Yeah, one week. Yeah, <sighs> amazing. Well, week and a couple of days. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's a big country. Now you're in the middle of it now too. It's like you can drive forever. It's like you see nothing, you know. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, then you get over to Colorado, things get interesting again. Then it gets dead again for another thousand miles, you know, <laughs> through Utah and Nevada and all that. I just came back from Vegas. I'm like, I'm always blown away by how it's just, it, it couldn't be more artificial. I mean, right. it, there's nothing supposed to be there. I mean, it's <laughs> just in the middle of this absolute bleak. Did desert. you drive down there? You flew. I flew. Yeah. But, but, and flying in is actually more stunning, I think, than driving because you get to see it from the air, how it's just like, 
in the middle of nothing, and this thing just is. This virtual reality just pops out of the desert there, and, right. you know, just bleak, and then Disney World out of nowhere. <laughs> Outrageous, man! Strange, strange place, Las Vegas, Nevada, no doubt. So, anyway, okay, let's see what else. Uh, question here about Rick Strassman, uh, Mike. Um, <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. This this guy's a character. Uh, Mike, uh, would you ask Rick Strassman to be a part of his second? High dose DMT research. Uh, if he asked me, would I? I would, I guess. If Rick Strassman asked me to be a part of his DMT research, um, if he was going to do ongoing research, I would do it. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with Rick Strassman, he's a wonderful uh, a doctor who did some work at the University of New Mexico or New Mexico State. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, anyway, one of those two schools. And he wrote an amazing book about the work that he did. And in, uh, the book was called DMT, The Spirit Molecule. And it's a, a book that has sort of cult status and is very popular in the uh, psychedelic communities. And uh, it's, an, it's a remarkable book, and the information in it is really amazing. But, um, uh, uh, and I liked it. I, I, thought, I think he does great work. I've interviewed him. Um, if you want to hear that interview with him, go on the archives. It's... it's uh, great uh, stuff that he shared with us uh, that night. He's a really interesting man and uh, um, a real mystical dude himself. Practices like an interesting uh, version of uh, um, Buddhism. Uh, and he's a very spiritual guy. And uh, Although, interestingly, he did all this research on dimethyltryptamine, but never took it himself, or at least claimed such. And when I asked him, I asked him straight up, you know, you did all this stuff, did you ever take it? And he said no. Uh, but anyway, uh, DMT, The Spirit Molecule, it's an amazing book. And Dr. Rick Strassman hasn't been doing that work for 10 years. I mean, the research is probably 10 years old now. But the, one of the remarkable things about his work was just getting uh, the permission to do the research. It's impossible to get the federal government to give you permission to work with any of these substances. It has been since 1967. Whether it's reasonable or not is not the question at this point. Uh, the, it's just the way of the world. Uh, Dennis made it really clear, you know, how, how difficult uh, it was for him for so many years just trying to do work with ayahuasca. And there's a whole religion, you know, and a history and a hierarchy and, and uh, um, an historical firm ground on which the ayahuasca church stands. And, uh, you know, Dennis had difficulty with that. So anyway, Rick Strassman went through years of uh, struggle to try to just get the permission and the permits to do this research with dimethyltryptamine. And again, the irony here is that dimethyltryptamine actually exists in your body, in your metabolism, in your brain. And it peaks every night around 3.30 or 4 a.m., right at the time of your peak REM activity, interestingly enough. And it's connected to the pineal gland, another interesting uh, fact about it. But anyway, it's a, a neurotransmitter. And, uh, you know, it just happens to exist in nature as well. It exists in your brain, but it also exists in a bunch of plants and in pretty much anywhere you look for it, quite frankly. It's just a matter of concentration. But dimethyltryptamine is a neurotransmitter that exists in nature, and it's existed in nature long before human beings rolled around the show. Um, but unfortunately, it's a, a Schedule One 
<laughs> it's classified as a Schedule One drug. This is how insane this is. It's in your brain. <laughs> All the judges that are ruling against it are carrying. <laughs> we should sue them. We should sue them. We should sue them for for carrying a controlled substance. Somebody do that. All right? Somebody sue all these DEA guys for carrying a controlled substance. All right? They're loaded with it. And we can prove it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. Now I'm really going to get into trouble. I better take a break here. Uh, we'll take some more questions and we'll read some news. There's lots of stuff in the news. And uh, I've got some new music here, though, from... Uh, Brandon, so I'm gonna play. Let's see, I want to play the one that's called Shiva. Yeah, the Destroyer. Now I am Shiva, and here we go. All right, this is Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit. Uh, we'll take a sort of a impromptu break here. Listen to another song from Brandon Angelitas. This one is called Shiva, and again, information. On the web at uh, eskmo.com, and you can always find information about me at mikehagan.com. If you want to join the conversation, hop on there as well. Got live chat going on, and uh, uh, let's see. Before we go to break, uh, Tanila asks Mike, "Is Esmo going to the Burning Man concert, or have you ever been?" I have never been, and I'm absolutely planning to uh, this year. And um, I don't have anything specifically lined up in terms of playing, but I've been talking to a few people about it, so I would like to say I'm 100% doing it. All right, there you have it, Tanila. It looks like Eskimo is going to be there uh, unless uh, something um, unfortunate uh, stops him from making that happen. And we won't even talk about something like that. So <laughs> anyway, let's listen to a song. This one is called Shiva, and it's Eskimo one more time. Uh, you listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Alright, I screwed it up again. That's not Shiva. What the hell is that one? I got too much goddamn Eskimo music here. I got it all over the place. That's in the park. Okay, we're going to play that one later. Goodbye in the park, and hello Shiva.
Yeah, right on. New stuff. That's Shiva from Brendan Angelitas. We'll be seeing that stuff, I have a feeling. We're hearing it uh, out and about. Brendan's had some luck uh, recently getting some more of his music signed. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with your career, my friend? Uh, well, just in general, um, I already have uh, some of the break stuff signed to... Um, Downbeat is a, uh, a breaks label out of New York and uh, Connecticut and a label called uh, Vertical Sound. They're out of Bristol, uh, England. And uh, Cyberfunk is out of London. Yeah. And um, I just had some uh, some good things happen with the down tempo. Um, uh, definitely going to be advertising that definitely very soon on the website and everything. And definitely keep an eye out for it because I'm uh, very, very amped about it to say the least. All right, right on. All right, well, that's good stuff. There's a few other ones on that CD that I haven't heard yet, so I look forward to listening to more of that. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do I need to do here? Take care of business. Let me play one of these pieces for our pledge drive. We're trying to raise a little bit more money. We've got about $5,000 we need to raise between now and the time we quit asking you for money. So we are trying to raise thirty grand. we are about 25000 there. So we just have to finish things up. Yeah, and if you want to uh, do that, you can call me anytime we take a break at 573-874-5676. You can also do it on the web, and I prefer that's the way you do it. Let's get our web site paying for itself, uh, kopn.org. Real simple to sign up, subscribe, and make a donation to the station. Uh, as much or as little as you can afford, it's all appreciated. It costs a lot of money to keep this thing on the air 24-7. we got a big transmitter that's out there blasting. Uh, the waves out for hundreds of miles and uh, costs a lot of money to pay for the uh, the electricity just alone to run that transmitter. You'd be surprised. You know, thousands and thousands of watts, 24 hours a day, nonstop. And it ain't cheap. You know, energy should be cheap, but it ain't. Not yet. We'll get Marco Roden and company in charge of things so pretty soon and we'll see what happens. We'll put one of, the, we'll put one of those Roden coils up there in the transmitter and we'll blast the damn signal all the way across the world. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. Anyway, okay, I'm uh, sort of hallucinating as I tend to do, but uh, this is Mike, you listen to Radio Orbit, and let me give you a quick uh, shot here, and uh, we'll be done with it. Thank you to all who helped us keep it quiet this spring. We're well on our way toward our $30,000 goal. You too can join us and help us shorten this drive by calling 874-5676 or 1-800-895-5676. That's now. It's no longer the time to keep it quiet. It's your turn to call in your pledge of financial support to KOPN. KOPN is listener-supported community radio, serving mid-Missouri for over 33 years. So help us make some noise by winging those phones right now. Call 874-5676 or 1-800-895-5676. KOPN Columbia, your listener-supported community radio station. Your listener-supported community radio station. Again, those numbers are 874-5676 or 1-800-895-5676. All right, there you have it. Uh, as Carol put it so nicely, 874-5676 or on the web, kopn.org. Help us out, okay? All right, let's see. Um <clears throat> Questions. Uh, there's one more question here on the web uh, that I'll 
talk about because there are a few people that keep asking about it. This whole 2012 deal um, has really, really got people excited. You know, I mean, what, I'm, I don't know what there is to it. Uh, uh, I mean, how much there is to it. I'm interested in it myself. I've been talking about it a lot lately, but man, it seems to have a momentum of its own or something. Um, this guy here says. Uh, Please say something about how all of your past guests, well, maybe not all of them, but I know what he means, uh, say something about how all of your past guests' research point to the year 2012. Jay Widener, The End Day Cross, John Major Jenkins, My Encounter, Terrence McKenna, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, and that's not all. I mean, it's real weird that the... the uh, there's a whole whole bunch of things that are pointing to the, to this particular time period. I don't know what the I don't I don't know what's going on. Certainly, these the people that are talking about it are not stupid people. I mean, there are mathematicians. the 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 alignment is real. Uh, the alignment is real as far as uh, this idea of the galactic center being aligned with uh, with the with the uh, uh, the solar plane of our gal- uh, I mean, of our solar system. This is a real deal, and, and, and even the Navy Observatory recognizes it, and they've got it sort of flagged in their own archive. So you can, uh, and John uh, Jenkins talked about that <clears throat> one of the last couple times he was on the air. So anyway, the alignment is real. What does the alignment mean? I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Nobody can say. But uh, certainly there are people out there that uh, have as good an argument as any to say that, you know, it is significant. And why not? I mean, uh, one of my bitches that I always have about science <laughs> is this... Uh, see, they, Western science has to make an assumption. They have to make one particular assumption in order to do their business. And it's a biggie. And they don't like to talk about it. But it's called the return to initial conditions. Um, what it means essentially is that according to Western scientists, it doesn't matter if you do an experiment on a Tuesday morning or a Saturday afternoon. They're time independent. Experiments are time independent. Well, that, if you think about it, is a pretty sketchy assumption, all right? Because things do change, and you can never go back to original conditions. Think about it. Can you, go, can you go back to being a baby? Can you go back to the man you were before you had a woman break your freaking heart, you know? Or whatever. I mean, it's, it's like we were talking about before, Brendan. It's not just uh, in biological cellular systems. It's, you see the same things in individuals and planetary systems. We can sort of see the metaphor, you know Absolutely. what I mean? And so my opinion is that you can never go back to initial conditions. And, and, and one of the ways that you can prove this to yourself, if you really want to go to the mat on it, right, is this. We know that the world is spinning round, and our Earth revolves around a star. Well, that star is not sitting still. That star is moving through space, and it revolves around its own center somewhere the galactic center in this case, right? Uh, the galactic center then, of course, revolves around its own center. So the whole thing is this big wheels within wheels and everything is in motion. And the Earth has never been in the same place twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, none, none of us have been in the same place twice, if you really want to go to the mat on it. Uh, 
So you can never go back to initial conditions. And subtle things uh, can have tremendous effect. The idea of the butterfly effect, which is something that I'm using on the website right now, is a real deal. And so uh, this is why I used to laugh at astrology, but I think that now I laugh at I laugh at astrology as it's portrayed in the mainstream media, i.e. open up to the back page of the newspaper and read a, you know, a little paragraph blurb about... Uh, How to make money. Yeah, you know... How to make money. Yeah, and, you know, and it's, that's, the, that's the one side of it. The other side is these guys like Rick Levine, who I'm going to talk to in a, in a month or so, uh, you know, I mean, they really look at specifics. In other words, where were you born? When were you born? Exactly. What was the geographic location? What time was it? You know what I mean? And then it turns out that, of course, I mean, uh, the argument isn't... Uh, so the way, that the, the way that scientists get around, it, around this, when you, when you face them with this, you say, well, well, look, I mean, the day I was born, the stars and the moon and the planets, they were in a different position than the day that you were born. Mm-hmm. And so... So they won't argue that. What they'll argue is what they'll argue is that there is any influence because of that, okay, right? Exactly. But this uh, is becoming nonsense. In other words, we know now the subtle effects of. My God, look at the implications of quantum mechanics and stuff like we've been talking about, right? So even just uh, solar flares. <sighs> Sheesh. Right. So that so this is horse crap, and everything is affected by everything. It is all connected. We are all connected. All this stuff is coming clear now. Uh, so. So you can never return to initial conditions, and this is a scientific assumption that is stupid and needs to be abandoned. And it's it's interesting because I love alchemy, and I've studied alchemy for a long time. And um, uh, we've been talking. It seems we're sort of on this bend tonight because of Jay Widener and the people that are asking questions about Jay and uh, uh, and Vince Bridges. But one of the interesting things about about alchemy, if you go back and read the old treatises and the old uh, writings of uh, of the alchemists, even guys like uh, Sir Isaac Newton, who was a uh, was an alchemist. I mean, uh, he was. And one of the things that they would do, that they were remarked for, and actually made fun of, you know, they twist all these things around, is what happens. But uh, the alchemists would repeat an experiment over and over and over again, a thousand times, as many times as they could, their whole life. Right? Whatever. Well, they recognize the time dependency of experiments. Mm. And so they did the same experiment over and over again, waiting for the conditions to be right. Right? That was the whole point of it. And when the conditions were right, bingo, the magic happened, right? The stone. Mm. Right? So, uh, to, to sort of close this out, we'll, we'll play another song in a minute from Brendan, but... Uh, uh, the opposite of that is the way things happen these days. If you have, um, you have an electrical engineer, right, and he's going to do a test in the laboratory about voltage across a wire. So he hooks up his electrodes and he passes a current through this wire and he sets his machine so that he wants 10 volts. That's what he's shooting for, right? So he sets it for 10. And he measures it a thousand times. And 999 times, he gets between 9.9 and 10.1 volts. But on the thousandth time, or one of the times out of a thousand, he gets 14,000 volts. 
Well, this is the one they throw out. Right, because it doesn't, doesn't match up. <laughs> this is the one that's interesting. Absolutely. See? They throw out the one that's interesting. And so they've got things sort of back, backwards, in my opinion. And, and I'd like to see more of a, uh, an open-mindedness in, in the, the time dependency, the facing of that fact, uh, that, that, that the world does change, everything's moving all the time, and you can never go back, maybe. Yeah. You can never go back. That halts progress, I think, and you just continue to think like if you just throw, like you just said about that, one out of one thousand, you're you really are halting progress to a degree. You never know what that one meant. Absolutely, it might have been a mistake, but it might have been something real. Mm-hmm. So anyway, who knows? All right, it's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit. I got Brendan Angelitas in the studio with me. We're just chatting it up. We're going to play some more of his music right now. This one is called "Find You Here." It's another one that I really like, and. uh Enjoy it yourselves, okay? Brendan on the web, ESKMO.com. Myself at MikeHagan.com. Here you go. Oh, you know, i got to mention uh, Cosmic Waves Radio, by the way. We are streaming live. i got to get used to mentioning this. Uh, because uh, I'm so fortunate uh, to have the, uh, these guys helping us out, Carrie and Paul. But I'm sorry, I was uh, forgetting to mention it. So anyway, on the web... Always now, every Monday night, streaming CosmicWavesRadio.com. Thanks to everybody over there for making it happen.
I'd find you here. I knew I'd find you here. Another great piece of music from Brendan Angelitas, Eskimo, sitting here with me live in the studio. We also have another guest with us tonight who's going to be doing radio for himself in about 22 minutes. He's a new member of the KOPN family. His name is Ivan, and he's from Brazil, as a matter of fact, and he's going to be playing some international music for you all coming up in just uh, about 20 minutes. So stick around for that. I'll be listening myself uh, as we uh, as we head home tonight. So anyway, okay, it's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit. As I said, that was Eskimo music. You've been hearing from him all night. We've also heard some music from Michael Caine, who will be joining us live with Rihanna Eisler on the 12th of June. Unfortunately, we had to uh, reschedule the program with Rian tonight because of some technical issues that we were having with the phone system out there in California. Uh, at any rate, we've had a fun show and had a good chance to sort of catch up and uh, talk with some of the people on the web. Let's see here. Oh, wow, it looks like Michael uh, is on uh, the line here. Let me see. Howdy, Mike. Great show. We've been discussing Ed Dames and his remote-viewed kill shot notion of major solar flare earth rotisserie barbecue potential. <laughs> uh, see, you can see I'm not screening this stuff. I'm just reading it as I uh, as I read it. Well, let me see what else to say here. Uh, thoughts, comments on that with regard to that. We were watching the monkey's uh, remote viewing today. It looks kind of fun and useful. I don't know. The whole re- remote viewing thing, I don't know. I, uh, it's certainly something that's a, you know, it's a, it's a real deal. The government spent plenty of money uh, on it, but I think they ran into the same problem that we're running into. It wasn't effective because of the the time problem. Uh, they seem to be able to get reasonable information about things and places, but the temporal aspect of it is one that cannot be tied down. And I think that creates a real problem. So when you're talking about a kill shot from the sun, a big solar flare or whatever, I mean, there have been some solar flares in the last five years, that uh, prior to their uh, prior to their occurring, would be considered a kill shot. I mean, there were there were flares uh, in 2002 uh, that Kent Stedman and I talked about a lot, and and even more in the last couple of years, but nothing like the ones in 2002. But they were off the X uh, class scale. They were they created a new class of flare. They called it a Y class flare. And uh, if the older scales were used at that time, it would have been something like an X-50. It was absolutely uh, unprecedented. Um, And ironically, there was virtually no effect to the Earth. And it it was a uh, what they call a full halo CME as well, which means that that, that it spews out material all around the whole disk. Uh, Certainly, the, the... uh, it wasn't directed right at us, but there, uh, all the people that watched this sort of thing were sort of going, man, it should have done more uh, than that. I mean, it was ab- absolutely outrageous. So uh, then there have been others uh, in between that have been absolutely gigantic flares, very high on the X-class scale that, again, uh, prior to 1999, this was unprecedented. This, the flares of this magnitude were never seen. I mean... So, so Dames is uh, maybe seeing that stuff, and he's a uh, you know he's an entertainer too. Don't forget that, and he's selling uh, you know his materials, and that's cool, and I appreciate it and everything. But uh, but the temporal thing is something that even he has never been able to explain. Uh, so you know unless you unless you can talk about a time frame, I'm not sure that it really does any of us any good. 
Uh, maybe the stuff already occurred. Maybe it happened 500,000 years ago, and that's what he's witnessing, you know. Um, maybe he's witnessing, you know, the extinction of the dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I like Ed Dames. I mean, I've enjoyed his uh, I've enjoyed his, his, his stuff over the years, and he does seem to be, you know, he gets... You know, he has some hits for sure. No question about it. So, anyway, uh, let's see. Bearden, Tom Bearden. Now, there's a guy whose who's work is worth looking into. And uh don't have to say much more about that. I've had a few opportunities to converse with Tom via email. And uh, he's uh, he sent me his book, as a matter of fact, one of his books. And I actually got it installed at the engineering school here and the physics school at the University of Missouri. Tom Bearden's book on free energy. It's sitting on the shelf in the engineering school here, and nobody even knows it's there. <laughs> anyway, some uh, uh, some ingenious young grad student, hopefully, will hear this program and uh, go into the library and grab a book on the shelf uh, called Energy from the Vacuum by the brilliant Tom Bearden. And... Um, That'll open up another doorway for you, and hopefully for the rest of us, too. God, we need it. We need the energy thing worked out so badly, it's not even funny. And as, Bren, you and I were talking about earlier, it's it's more of a political problem at this point, I think. Oh, it's absolutely hugely political. It's uh, because there, there's just a tremendous amount of momentum not to change, even if the change is, is, is there and, and, and available. And I think there are things that are available that have been available for a long time that... I mean, that's just my opinion. Certain certain people definitely don't want it to. I guess they have basically money and power, right? Yeah, really same old same old story, huh? Yeah, but I think we're almost at a point now where it needs to break through, because if it doesn't, then you know. Yeah, yeah. Even whatever. even those clowns don't want to see the collapse of civilization. I don't think. Right. So it's sort of in their best interest if they want to keep their money and power to sort of keep uh, uh, keep the whole thing running. So just try to point it in a certain direction that's beneficial for them. But I think either way, that type of technology will gradually come in, absolutely. Right, right, right. All right, let's see. What else here? Robert W. Morgan would be a <laughs> would be a good Bigfoot guest. And Riley Martin would be a good UFO contactee guest. Well, uh, perhaps, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, just, I, I probably won't do the Bigfoot thing, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, maybe, look, there are plenty of creatures out there running around that we don't know about. I'll leave it at that. If Bigfoot's out there, my best to him. <laughs> Hide from the humans until we get our act together. That's my best advice to the Bigfoot people. And those of you who are hunting these creatures, leave them alone. All right? All right, there's a phone call here, and let's see what these uh, fine people have to say. Good evening. You're on Radio Orbit. Who's this? This is Deborah again. I had something to say to Brendan about Mount Zion, about the park, and about Boulder. Okay, um, sure. When you go to Boulder, would you look up the street singer, an old man that's out there with long, straggly hair named Henry Rayburn? Uh, uh, people helped him make a CD. I do have it, but I haven't seen him since the early to mid-90s. And I was on a trip similar to yours. And Enigma was out with Return to the Self, and I just happened to leave Denver and go up towards Boulder, which I'd never been to before. Okay. And I found this most wonderful 
experience with Henry Rayburn is a folk singer type thing, but he's um, also political, and people know him there. Also, um, I, I journeyed from Lake Powell and Page. If you check that out, you go deep into the earth where there's this vibrating, it's a big dam area, and it's an international attraction because there's all kinds of people there. And it goes, I followed that road not knowing where I was going, straight up into um, Zion, Bryce Canyon, the Red Rocks, and I got out there and camped just out by myself. I threw a big mosquito net over my Jeep <laughs> and camped above that Lake Powell. But that area where you get out and, and smell and feel the water, touch things out in the desert, I camped out there by myself, too. What's, what's and the, I passed uh... a man that was in a covered wagon on his way to Alaska. <laughs> I took pictures. I just perched my camera on my steering wheel because I was so enchanted with what I drove into, not knowing what it was. I didn't even know about Lake Powell. It just, you know, it just happened there in front of me, and it's the, the name of the town was Page. How, how do you spell the uh, lake name? Lake Powell. Towel, with a T. T O W E L L. Yeah, like and Powell. And so it's Page. Oh, Powell. Okay. Maybe is it Page, Arizona? It's right before you get up into Utah. Yeah, yeah, it's on the border. I followed the old blue highways. Just that's what I was doing. Oh, and excellent. I just found these wonderful places, and you can camp. There's campgrounds. Awesome. Well, I, uh, I definitely have my tent in my uh, sleeping bag in my car, so that's yeah. I'll definitely... I had uh, my bicycle. I nice. rode my bicycle around that area. Oh, Moab. I went down sure, um, Utah. to the Colorado River in Moab, which is a big biking area. Yeah, the Four Corners area. And I rode my bicycle area. there. Excellent. So there's a lot of different things. And arches. It, it's really a magical place. Nice. Well, I, def- I, I wrote that down, so... And you said uh, his name was Henry Rayburn? Henry Rayburn. Okay, excellent. I'll... I'll search around and see if I can, maybe just synchronicity will happen and yeah. pop right up. Well, because you're going at about the time I, I happened on him was um, Memorial Day. They happened to have that Memorial Day weekend and a, uh, some kind of a festival going on down there in Boulder, downtown. So I met the Native Americans and um, the food pantry stuff. He had me spend the night in a place where they wrap up food and stuff at the Catholic Church. It's like a... They, one of the only places where they passed out food to the homeless. So he educated me on things like that. Oh, nice. So I just thought, um, you know, maybe you'll run into him. And no, I appreciate it. I wish you excitement on your journey over the land because that's the way I prefer to travel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Deborah, De- thanks. Bye. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got to say here? Um, you might mention something? Yeah, please. Uh, just anyone who happens to actually be in uh, Boulder, it's uh, next Saturday, uh, May 27th. Uh, it's called Passing Through. Um, if you are interested in checking in anything about, it's uh, familymoons.com. Just one word, S-A-M-I-L-Y-M-O-O-N-S.com. If you go to their event section, you see a flyer that says Eskimo. Um, it's five bucks. It starts at midnight. Um Apparently, it's Green Spirit Studios at 4747 Old Pearl Street. That's ah. in Boulder, so just check out familymoons.com. Yeah, I know where it's at, actually. That's that's crazy. Right downtown Boulder on Pearl Street. That's awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a sweet part of the little town. Boulder's great if you haven't been there. You're going to learn. Uh, yeah, never been. Yeah. All right, so um, let's see. All right, thank you, Deborah. Appreciate it. And uh, Brendan, let's see what else is going on here on the board. The guys from Mantuan Bard uh, are chatting with me online here. And uh, this is Michael Pacheco and a couple of his buddies, but they're great musicians as well out there in Oregon. 
and uh, they're online right now, and uh, they were making some comments about Tom Bearden before, but let's see. Uh, Larry, oh, sorry, Larry, I did check the website, and Brendan, Larry has updated the website, so you're now there, right there with Michael Caine, so he did a nice job getting it on there live. So way to go, Larry, thank Thank you you. for doing that. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, we got links to Brendan up now on the website. And uh, Larry, good work. That was quick, even though we weren't planning on doing this. I appreciate it, dude. You're awesome. And uh, the Bard, Mantuan Bard. My buddy next to me is curious about salvia divinorum. Any thoughts on its uh, on its efficacy or relation to DMT? Well, uh, I've never used it. I've read a lot about it, and I've listened to a little bit about it. Uh, it's completely different than dimethyltryptamine. It has sort of a different... Uh, uh, it's not an indole. Uh, uh, to my knowledge, um, I've heard it's very effective in the right situation, and uh, if you get the good stuff, I'm not sure uh, you can buy it on the web, and it hasn't yet been uh, completely outlawed. I'm sure it won't be long if people are are having effective psychedelic trips uh, using the stuff, because that's just against the program. Uh, it doesn't matter what the substance is. If it gives you those sort of experiences, uh, it's probably not, not going to be something that's going to be looked on uh, kindly by the establishment. Um, but uh, it, has, it, it, it certainly has its, uh, its proponents. And there's a guy out there, his name is Daniel Siebert. Um, Daniel Siebert. I think if you do a web search on him, you'll find uh, that he's probably about the top guy uh, with regard to salvia, and in fact, I've had a couple people have asked me if, that I should interview him and really try to get get down to the nitty gritty about salvia divinorum, and I think I will do that. So, um, remind me, you guys, uh, to, to get a hold of Daniel Siebert, and we'll try to do a show on salvia one of these days and find out what's going on with that stuff. All right, all right, Mike, were you ever able to grow Terence's mushroom? Well, I was never ne- I was never able to grow Terence's mushroom. Of course, Terrence would be the only one that could do that. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, you guys are wonderful. We've got about uh, seven minutes left to go here. I'm just going to finish things up. Uh, thanks to everybody on the web. Thanks to Larry for catching up with us here at the end. And um, unfortunately, we were not able to have Rian, but we had a, a good uh, time tonight with, with Brendan. Dude, thanks for uh, stopping in. Timing work worked out actually really well. Yeah, thank you, Mike. This is This is great. All right, excellent. And uh, as we've been talking about all night, you can find out information about Brendan on the web at eskmo.com, and you can now link there uh, and always from my website as well. So uh, keep an eye on what he's doing. He's got great stuff, up-and-coming great music from Brendan. And uh, we'll play one more song to finish things off with him in just a minute here. But let me see what I want to mention before we cruise off the air. Uh, next week, as I said, Vincent Bridges. We've sort of been talking about uh, Hende and alchemy and uh, 2012 and the end of time and all that stuff. We've touched on a little bit of that tonight. So um, so we will uh, speak with Vincent Bridges next week a little bit more about this same stuff. So stick around or uh, come on back, I should say, next week, same time, 11 p.m. Central and live on the web, CosmicWavesRadio.com. And also, uh, of course, regionally and locally on 89.5 FM, KOPN, Columbia. You've been listening to it all night for the last two and a half, three hours or so. And uh, it was fun. So we'll finish things off here with uh, Eskimo. One more. This one is called In the Park. 
I started playing it the other a minute ago, so I'll keep playing the ones that I keep making mistakes on. So, anyway, one more time in the park. This is Eskimo, and stick around. We got more great music coming from you uh, or for you. Independent music being brought to you by a new member of the KOPN club. His name is Ivan. He's from Brazil, and he's going to be playing music for you for the next couple hours, along with Julie Rains, my friend Jules, who's out there as well. So uh, stick around, listen to them. Uh, Brendan, one more time. Thanks, man. Thank you, Mike. All right, cool. Everybody have a nice night, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Click. Click.